Before we get into today's episode, I just want to emphasize that all the money that's made within the next two months from my podcast is going to be donated to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, the way you can basically contribute is just playing all the episodes and sharing with your friends, and it would mean the world to me. My goal for this fundraiser is $300, and I really, really do appreciate all your support. All the donation information, including how much we end up raising, is going to be on my Instagram at journeyincolor underscore with no spaces. So make sure you go check that out. Let's get into today's episode. It really is um, about hitting a level of honesty with yourself. And the truth is you're never going to be able to change everybody else. You're never going to be able to control all of the external um, circumstances. The only thing that you actually have power over is yourself. So why not just try <laughs> focusing energy? Hi everyone, welcome back to Journey in Color. Today, I'm gonna to be talking to a motivational speaker who talks on mindfulness, mindset, and creating abundance within your life. I'm so honored to be talking to Makosi Candice today. So I'm starting this podcast with a new segment where I'm gonna begin the interview by asking you three questions which you can just answer in a few words, um, just so people can get a sense of who you are. Okay. So my first question is, what would you do with a million dollars? Ooh, a good question. Um, what would I do with a million dollars? I think right now I'm really passionate about empowering um, other healers, especially um healers of color as well as indigenous peoples. So um, I'm actually in a mode now where I'm looking to invest in um, the empowerment of other, of other up and coming healers. Wow, that's wonderful. My next question is, if you could give everyone in the world one ability, what would it be? Mm, to know thyself. Wow. Um, and what is one thing you cannot live without? Hmm. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Something probably a lot of people can relate to. I mean, there mm. are periods of time where I intentionally don't drink coffee, but I love coffee. It just makes me feel good. Mm. <laughs> so you talked about like being a healer and you know, some people might not know what a shaman is. So why don't we just start off by talking about that? You know, what's a shaman and why did you become one? Um, I think the word that most people can associate with a shaman is a bridge. And a shaman serves as the bridge between the non-physical world and the physical world, um, between the practical and the spiritual. We just operate in this space where we are like the healer, the priest, the spiritual leader, spiritual teacher. There's many different roles that we can take and there are different kinds. Um, but the path to become a shaman is actually not something that you choose to do. 
which is um, a little bit misunderstood here in the West. It is something that we're called to become. And so it's not like, uh, you know, maybe you want to become like a Reiki healer and you just go and you learn how to do it. There's certain things that happen to you in your life and you're guided to initiate and you don't become a shaman until you've gone through the initiatic process, which is a very real, tangible experience. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? You know, were you always, or did you feel like you always had sort of a sort of a spiritual calling um, in life? And when did you, when did you have that like sort of initiation? Um, for me, I've always been spiritually gifted in certain ways and spiritually connected. Um, and I remember going all the way back. So um, I'm probably one of the few people who can remember like being a, being a baby, like being very small. And um, growing up, I would tell my mom really weird things. I would interact with entities, etc. But I did my best to try and suppress that for a really long time because being the child of a, a single teenage mom, I really wanted to be successful, quote unquote, <laughs> like mm -hmm. so many. Um, but things, you know, things just unfolded over time. And I decided when I was in college that medical school really wasn't the way for me. Um, you know, I had been a very high achiever in school, but once I had my son, I realized that there was, to me, it just helped me to reprioritize. There was nothing more important to me than um, being a mom. And so I really focused on him, but that also gave me the opportunity to start my own business, which led to me getting into spiritual exploration through some really interesting synchronicities. Mm. So all of that, um, it was just literally one thing after another. And I, I honestly <laughs> never intended to become a shaman. It just really kind of happened. Mm. And I participated in it. <laughs> So right now, would you consider yourself like someone whose business is really like giving spirituality to others? Yeah, I think, um, well, right now there's, I would say kind of three levels that I work. One of them is as a master spiritual teacher. So I try to put out content that helps to give spiritual understanding, helps people to connect with themselves, um, tap into abundance and really become who they were born to be. Um, and then I also facilitate as a spiritual mentor in a couple different ways. So I have a group program where I work with um, entrepreneurs who have a spiritual connection also other healers, spiritualists, et cetera, uh, kind of operate in that mastermind style program. And then um, I do work with 
a few clients one-on-one and, and those are really high level entrepreneurs who are ready to kind of explore the final frontier, which is the inner world, the inner self. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's amazing that you're sort of combining like entrepreneurship and spirituality because a lot of times like spiritual, they're very, they seem very disconnected and people consider them very differently in this world. But it's really cool that you're sort of connecting them. So talk to me a little bit about like your experience working with entrepreneurs, you know, how have you seen like their mindset to be, you know, and where are you trying to shift their mindset? Um, I think that most of us can relate to being in this, um, in this society where we are really ingrained in this idea of hustle and push and, and hard work and force and go, 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 take action, strategize, plan. And what that does is it can get you pretty far because our society really puts that on a pedestal. But what it does is also leave you feeling very empty, out of balance, unfulfilled. Um, And there becomes this kind of longing for something more. And usually the kind of mindset shift that that I take people through is that actually you can experience more success and more fulfillment, more abundance, more freedom when you learn how to tap into and and honestly get more in alignment with your feminine energy. It's not that I have a preference over masculine or feminine (laughs) energy. It's just that we are so over-masculinized that most people especially high achievers, I have to pull them back into learning how to receive, how to collaborate, how to um, surrender, flow, operate in ease, and also be, just be, which is a big challenge for most of them. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's a big challenge for a lot of us. And I, I heard this quote and it was like, everyone should meditate 20 minutes a day. And if you're super busy, you should meditate for an hour a day. (laughs) And I think just understanding that practically is really difficult. But when you, you know, when you hear it from someone like yourself, when you hear it, and when you're wanting to go through that experience, it's, you understand that that's really true. I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, your your role, I guess, as a healer is to help people who are, you know, entrepreneurs, but also help people who are in a bad place and who are really in a negative atmosphere. So, you know, how do you do that? But also how can, you know, people who are on the spiritual path get people around them to, you know, have this awakening within themselves? Um, I think that there's there's a a few different things here because a lot of people, whenever they come across spiritual information, it gets really misconstrued because there's so few people that have actually learned how to become spiritual who actually are living it and being it every day. 
So it isn't a practice as in like, you know, I'm going to just meditate every day for 10 minutes and I'm spiritual, but it isn't your way of being. So a lot of people, when they come across this information, they immediately want to just cut people out. And <laughs> while that can be really great, I actually like to go the other route and start with bringing in more aligned people first um, before just cutting people off. Now, there's probably going to be a place where they have to do some of that. Um, and it isn't necessarily like, you know, you can never talk to your family again or whatever. Sometimes that, that ends up being the case. But it becomes more about putting your energy where you want it to grow. So whatever you want to grow, that's where you want to put your energy. If you want to have more relationships that are um, supportive, fulfilling, nurturing, uh, um, uplifting, then it's better to put your energy there. And what happens is people who are not aligned just naturally start to fall away. And as long as you don't hold on to them. <laughs> mm -hmm. What about when you're like, you know, let's say you're trying to help someone and, you know, they're in a negative place in their life. But it's not so much like you can cut them off because like they are a family member. There's someone really close to you, you know, and they don't understand how to get to that positive like mindset, how to get to that positive being. So what can you do to help them? Or is the only thing that you can do, you know, is to grow yourself? Yeah, the only thing this is really kind of the, the truth, the underlying truth. Um, in spirituality is that in order to create change, you have to first become it. So oftentimes we, you know, the human ego, the way that it works is that it's constantly looking outside of itself and we can look at, oh, this person is blank and this person is causing me problems and this person is the reason for my suffering. But the spiritual path is about looking for where you have power. And power actually is responsibility and responsibility is power. So looking for where you can take responsibility for your actions, how you're showing up in the world and putting your focus on those things then creates this level of transformation in yourself, which then goes on to affect other people and things start to shift in your life. But it's always about bringing everything back into, well, how does that where, where is the um, misalignment inside and where is your power in this situation? There are some times where, you know, we have family members who really are not healthy for us. So the question then is, okay, well, where are my boundaries? How much am I tolerating? How much am I choosing to tolerate? Um, you know, where do I need to let go of? you know, this ideal that I'm imagining that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautifully said. And, you know, I love the part where you talked about power being responsibility and responsibility being power. Can you talk a little bit more about that, you know, because I'm not sure I fully understand what that means. Yeah. Um, well, 
oftentimes we look at power as being something that is um, taken or, you know, we see ourselves as like completely victim to right. our, our circumstances. And the truth is that, yes, there are some things that do happen to us that are not in our control. You know, we're, we're coming out of quarantine and most of us didn't have any control <laughs> over whether we were going to be forced to stay home or not. But our power is in understanding that, okay, this is the situation, but I have a responsibility for how I choose to perceive this experience. So there are a lot of people who were perceiving quarantine as like a prison sentence. Like, you know, I'm trapped in my house. This is terrible. You know, there, I can't do what I want, et cetera. And then there were other people who chose to see it as an opportunity where, okay, I can't go out and do all of those other things, but I can now focus on eating healthier or I can focus on, um, you know, spending time with my kids or focus on improving my relationship or just taking an opportunity to be still. So it really is a matter of you choosing to take responsibility for your own life and your own healing and your own perspective and moving forward in life from that place. Yeah. Wow, that's beautifully said. And I think, yeah, the biggest part about that is, you know, understanding that you have some sort of power, even though, you know, some circumstances are out of your control, you still have the power of perceiving the situation correctly, as you said, or yeah. perceiving the situation in a positive light, rather. Yeah, and it's, it's not that there's just one or the other. So whenever I'm working with someone, I'm actually pushing them to see all the different perspectives because our minds only process about 1% of reality at any given time. So if you understand that, there's infinite other perspectives that you can choose to take. Mm -hmm. And the power and the responsibility is in you consciously choosing a perspective that's going to serve you, that's going to help you to move on to the next level or not. You can also make, you can make the decision of, you know what? I just want to be a victim right now. And that's okay. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. Just like being able to make that decision that, yes, I want to be the victim right now, I think is doing that makes you understand that you still have power doing that. And you're not just a victim at the end of the day. Right. That's that's amazing. And, you know, since you are a shaman, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, healing and physical healing, because I think physical healing is easy to see and, you know, it, it builds evidence, I guess. So how do we begin a healing process, whether it's like healing an injury or, you know, healing our eyes? You know, what practical steps can people take to do this? Um, well, as a shaman, we understand that everything that's physical is just an extension of the non-physical. Everything is spiritual first. So we even see physical injuries um, as having an underlying meaning. So it's really 
common for us to have people who come and they, you know, they want to fix the whatever ailment that they have. And sometimes those ailments end up coming back because the root cause was never addressed. So our role is always to look for where is the imbalance? Where is the root cause of this issue? And most of the time, there's an energetic issue at hand. So even when someone tells me that they're having, um, like yesterday I did a, a session with someone and, and she had broken her left hand. Mm-hmm. And during the time that we were having this conversation, in her mind, it was just a very random thing. But to us, we see meaning in everything. We understand that everything is coming from somewhere. That it's not, there's no randomness happening. And her left hand injury actually was connected to an, a challenge that she was having with actually receiving. So she can fix the hand. That's not a problem. But as long as the underlying issue of an inability to receive exists, then there's going to be other things that manifest. So now she's like having pain in her neck. And it, it doesn't have a rhyme or reason to it, but we can see that there's an underlying um, energetic issue at play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting, I think, you know, understanding that because with injuries and things like that, you can always go to the doctor and, you know, Western medicine has solved a lot of the issues and you can get a surgery or you can put, get a cast on it. But understanding that there's something beyond the physical reality that's wrong, something with energy levels that's wrong is really huge. So when you work with or like when you worked with her, what do you, you know, do in terms of do you identify the energy levels that she has? And then how do you work towards healing it? Yeah. So, I mean, in her particular case, she has an issue that's um, she had an issue that I could literally be talking about almost any of anyone that I've worked with because it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about people being out of touch with their, with the feminine aspect and being imbalanced there because the feminine energy is about receiving. It's about flow. It's about collaboration. It's about asking for help. Um, all of those things. So in her instance, this is a, a very common issue that people have. So some of the just very practical ways that, we talked about her implementing some change in her life was for her to actually just start doing those very simple things, receiving compliments, um, receiving money (laughs) from her (laughs) clients, um, asking for help from the family, accepting gifts without any extra crap on it. Like so many, um, so many women, even when we receive a compliment, we don't actually receive the compliment. Mm -hmm. We try and like deflect. 
we right. try to downplay it, right? We, mm-hmm. ta- we we like degrade it. We're like, oh, this old thing. <laughs> or no, you're you're the beautiful one. Yeah. No. So I, I literally gave her um, an assignment of go out there and ask people what they like about you. And then when they tell you, you say, thank you. <laughs> Period. Like, thank you. No buts. No deflecting. No downplaying. Just thank you and fully receive it, fully take it in. And it seems like something so small, but how we are in one thing is how we are in everything. If you have an inability to receive help from your partner, from your mom, um, then you're gonna have a difficult time receiving all of the money that's trying to come into your life or receiving help and then that ends up with you having an inner an an injury (laughs) so on an energetic level these things are really important who Mm -hmm. we are being the energy that we are being in the world is attracting um other people opportunities um money health other friends etc all the time Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing more powerful than um, really focusing on who you are, who you are being, who you're becoming on a regular, everyday basis. Right. And, you know, with becoming a new person and really staying true to yourself, I guess, I think the biggest thing is growth, right? We're all trying to, like you said before, entrepreneurs are trying to hustle. Why? Because they want to grow. They want to grow their business, you know, numbers, things like that. But when you get into spirituality, I think um, a lot of spiritual people talk about how, you know, you can't measure growth in terms of materialistic things, you know, in terms of money, in terms of numbers, you know, social media following, so my question for you is, you know, how should we be measuring growth? How should we be measuring that we are improving ourselves? Yeah, I mean, I disagree with most spiritual people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, I've just seen it time and time again. I'm not saying that you're, that someone that has a lot of money is spiritually developed. But what I am saying is that as you are developing spiritually, there should be tangible things um, happening in your life that are evidence of your development, of your transformation. That's going to happen. So if you are on a spiritual path and things are actually becoming more chaotic, um, you know, you're struggling even more, et cetera. Well, that's kind of like a sign that, hey, um, <laughs> we, we need to kind of look at what's happening here. Your mm-hmm. life is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. So maybe you can't put, uh, you know, an exact number on, on how your development is going, but you can absolutely see a change in the physical realm when you are on an authentic spiritual path. Wow, I think that's interesting. And I think that can give a lot of hope to people who are sort of doubting the spiritual journey. And, you know, they're like, I don't want to j- just get into this for self-development if I'm not going to get anything sort of physical out of this, right? 
yeah um, and understanding that the physical world i guess aligns um with the spiritual one absolutely they're not they're not separate um a lot of people think that you know the spiritual life only looks like um you know giving up all your belongings and living you know on a mountaintop in a commune or whatever and that's one path but there are many other paths and um to me through through my experience there is no greater path than taking the spiritual journey and then becoming that version of yourself and infecting other people <laughs> through your presence, through who you are, not because you're out there telling people they need to be this or, or preaching or, or any of that, but your life becomes the example for other people. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of people are following you and that's what they're trying to do. You've set the example and they're trying to you know, follow the spiritual journey as you have. So for someone listening, you know, who has a negative mindset and doesn't necessarily believe in the spiritual realm, how can they get out of the patterns and habits and that whole mindset, I guess? Um, well, I would say that the, well, number one, Spiritual, like I'm using spiritual terms, but depending on who I'm talking about uh, or talking to whatever group it is, um, I can hop into different words that can have the same meaning and the same impact. So depending on who I'm working with, I will use science um, <laughs> because science says the same exact thing in certain areas. Mm -hmm. um, I can use personal development terms that Tony Robbins uses and, mm -hmm. and it also have the same meaning. It really is um, about hitting a level of honesty with yourself. And the truth is you're never going to be able to change everybody else. You're never gonna be able to control all of the external um, circumstances. The only thing that you actually have power over is yourself. So why not just try <laughs> focusing energy there. I think we can all agree that, um, you know, if we just, we, we've all been in a room with someone and felt their energy. We've all walked into a room where the energy just felt off or some, you know, everybody was laughing, happy, playing, and then someone in a bad mood came into the room. Energy matters. 
we are all just a ball of energy. So looking at what are we doing with that energy is what creates the most um, momentum for mm -hmm. us in our life. Yeah, I love that you touched on honesty because, you know, when you are in that negative place, just being honest with yourself is when you can see that change is possible and being honest with, you know, the mindset that you had, you know, how you victimized yourself or really whatever patterns and habits you've had is probably the first step of breaking out of that place and of finding change for yourself. Honestly, there's, if you can't even have that, there's really, I mean, I can sit here and talk about business strategies or <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, all of these things, but you're not going to get very far in until you really just accept that this is your life. It's your life. So do you want to be um, the victim to it? Do you want everyone else to have more control and power over your situation? Well, the, the majority of people say yes, they do, because it's easier that way. It's easier if every time something goes wrong, you have someone to blame for it. It's not easy to take responsibility. It's not easy to say, you know what? I was dealt a bad hand, and there, were, there have been things that happened that weren't my fault, but I'm now choosing to do my best. That's not easy. It's not easy to be self-honest. Um, but the people that are, are the ones who have incredible lives. So right. it's ultimately just a choice. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that courage, it's that leap of faith you take, you know, once you realize that, um, and when you, when you begin to really change, I think a big part of change, whether we're talking on an individual level or on a societal level, I mean, at least from as I see it, I think it's often associated with tension and I guess disruption of peace. Um, would you characterize growth as something that causes tension or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I love tension. <laughs> I just did another podcast interview and we were talking about triggers and now I'm at a place. I wasn't always, but now I'm at a place when I get triggered over something, it's, it's like I've hit, uh, the, some hidden treasure or something like I was digging for something and then boom, I hit a treasure box that was hidden because I know that that's an area where if I move through that, if I heal it, if I experience growth in that area, um, I'm going to allow in for a bigger experience, for more expansion in my life. And expansion comes with abundance, not necessarily in money always, but it happens in different ways. So um, feeling tension in a certain way or feeling trigger or feeling discomfort is a sign that you're you're coming up against your box. And now is the opportunity. It's, it can either be an obstacle or you can look at it as an opportunity for you to experience growth. Mm, 
I love that. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what's going on in the world right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, f- at a, you know, from your spiritual background and I guess experience, how do we as a society, you know, overcome problems like racial discrimination? Is violence the answer or is peace the answer or what should we really be doing about this? Well, this isn't really about either or. So a lot of, I'll say 99% of humans want to go to, is it this or that? Is it white or black? Is it um, peace or violence or, or whatever? The peace or the violence can be symptoms. That's really um, what they are. And there's also many other options as well. So I don't have an issue with us having peace or with us having violence. What I do care about um, and look for is where is the root cause and where is the power? So what I'm seeing is the way that we actually begin to heal and move through, because if we're being honest, we've been seeing protests and riots and that's been happening for a long time and we're still protesting and rioting. So there's still a root that we haven't dealt with. And that root requires each one of us to have, take responsibility for ourselves. So that means that white people are gonna have to take responsibility for themselves, for what they've been programmed and conditioned with and how they've perpetuated racism. Most of the time unknowingly, but it's still there. The effect is the same, whether they knew or not. And then also for black people to also take responsibility for what what is theirs. It's not our responsibility to say, um, we need to go fix white people, or <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we need to uh, do X, Y, Z. It's our responsibility is for our own healing. How has racism affected us? How are we perpetuating it in the world because of the experiences that we've had? And the same for non-Black people of color. Racism itself is within all of us. We've all been affected and conditioned by it in some way. And so the only way to fix it is to heal through it, to go right through it, to lift up the the rug and deal with what is lying underneath. And it's not gonna just happen by us doing surface level actions because we're doing those unconsciously until we actually deal with the the root cause. The actions then end up becoming band-aids. They aren't actually fixing the problem. The, The problem here is that 
we have created um, as a society this idea that a group of one skin color is inferior to another, which is a mistruth. So we have to examine and heal on an individual level first, which then allows for us to heal on a collective level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really beautifully said. And I think, you know, going back to what you said before as well, the idea is to heal the root of the problem, because as we've seen, you know, it's come back again and again, and we've, or, you know, a lot of people have tried to solve the issue or attempted to solve the issue, but it's not going away. And just taking that individual responsibility is huge, and it's something that each of us can do every day. Yeah, it's not something that, you know, we're going to just... Um... We're just going to have some some protests and something's going to happen like, you know, someone's going to be arrested and then racism is going to be fixed. It's not going <laughs> to that's not mm -hmm. going to cut it. Clearly, it's mm -hmm. not going to work. So the only way is people taking personal responsibility. And I, I am seeing people do that. Um, however, it's going to be a. Longer term individual process that you may not see on the surface because it has to do with the conditioning of a person. It has to do with the perspective of the human being, not necessarily with the actions that they take. Mm. But their perspective should eventually reflect into their actions, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we have right now, um, we do see a lot of people who are taking actions. And the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of these actions are surface level, right? So I saw France was supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. Whole time, France has been keeping Haiti under a thumb of debt from the remnants of slavery. So it's a surface level action. It looks good. It makes you look like you're supporting something. But unless mm -hmm. you actually say, you know what, we have a responsibility here. We have a problem. Let's examine this. Where is racism in our system? Where is racism within each of us, et cetera, et cetera. And then the action comes after you've done that contemplation work, after you've done the healing. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, on social media, I think a lot of us almost pressure each other into taking action and to straight away, you know, reacting in a positive way. But we forget that what we first have to do is, I guess, the inner work. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for talking to me today. Those are all the questions I have. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was amazing talking to you. You're welcome. And I look forward to you having incredible success with your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you like the podcast, I'd love if you rated it and left a review. 